everybody. Welcome to Visible, um, the age of the older woman. I'm Sharon. And I'm Jenny. And we are very, very excited about today's episode because we are talking about friendships and specifically friendships in midlife. Um, but before we get into that, you guys might be wondering what exactly is this visible thing? What's going on here? <laughs> so visible is a concept that Jenny and I came up with. Uh, it's what we all went out of midlife. It's to be seen. It's to be heard. It's to be relevant and make this next chapter of our lives freaking magnificent. So I can't promise that I won't curse. Um, I can't guarantee that Jenny won't curse. We both like to curse, just so you know. Um, in fact, we guarantee we probably will. Um, but what we do guarantee also is that this show is about you and what you need from a podcast in midlife. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing that may be visible to you today is that my face is super red and blistery. Um, I had the opportunity yesterday to get a skin cancer treatment and I took up, took it up on it. Uh, so, uh, I don't want to put my cancer treatment on hold even for vanity. So I'm sure a lot of you can understand that. Yeah, I agree. You've got to take care of yourself. I think a lot of us have been putting people, other people first for probably decades. So, you know, that self-care is really, really critical. Um, so today we are talking about friendships in midlife. And um, we're going to be bringing in an expert on this topic. Her name is Gina Hanley Schmidt, and she's actually written a book on it's called Friending and it's called Creating Meaningful and Lasting Adult Friendships. So we can't wait to speak with her. We have a few questions we're going to throw her way. And um, if any of you guys have questions, go ahead and send them to us in the comments below and we'll see if we can pass them on to Gina. Um, Gina also has some thoughts on maintaining friendships in midlife. Um, so not just making them, but keeping them going, keeping them strong. So if you're feeling your friendship group has gotten a little small, you're not alone. It's middle-aged people who are now reporting feelings of isolation. According to the Office for National Statistics in the UK, loneliness, loneliness affects around one in seven of those between 45 and 54. And I'm, I'm thinking it might be even higher than that, especially because of the pandemic. But I mean, just also anecdotally, I've heard, you know, a lot of people our age talk about this. And, you know, you, you see comments in Facebook and you read articles and it just seems like it, it might be even more prevalent than than people even acknowledge. Um, but before we bring our guest out, I actually had a question that I wanted to throw to my friend, Sharon. And uh, cards on the table, we've actually been friends a long time, uh, almost 40 years, about 37 years. And there's not a lot I don't know about her, but I did <laughs> want to ask you maybe a few things, but I don't want to know those things. You don't. <laughs> we know where the bodies are buried, right? We do. And, <laughs> and then some. All but, over the country. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. Um, I did have a question because it's for you because it's something that I've been thinking about for the last year and um, I kind of want to know what your thoughts are. But I think that the last year has really changed our relationship and uh -huh. um, I just want to know what you think about that and if you agree with me. Totally agree with you. Um, I... I have felt like in the last year, we've come a lot closer because of the pandemic. I feel like 
it was really hard, especially up front, to be vulnerable with anybody um, and share my fears um, about the unknown and my family and taking care of everybody. Um, you are one of the few people I could reach out to and share those with um, and uh, and or just say nothing. You know, mm -hmm. we set up our Friday night calls with our friend Nisi and we could just sit there. I could just sit there and listen to you guys talk. And I felt better. Yeah. Um, but we, definitely... we even just watched TV one night. Remember, we just watched oh, TV. We did. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like our years of friendship have definitely set us up to get through this together. Um, and I can't wait to see you live once that yeah. is possible. Yeah, totally. We live on opposite coasts, so it's hard to see each other normally as it is, but I will be making a point to see you when this is over and mm -hmm. we will be whipping that up. So I got a question for you. Okay. <laughs> um, how can we be better friends to each other as we find ourselves embracing midlife? It's a good question. Um, so I think when we were younger, we probably did a lot of uh, problem solving for each other. Like, you know, if you had a problem, I'd try to find the solution and, you know, vice versa. Um, things get more complicated in midlife. So I'm not really sure we can solve each other's problems, but I think that we can definitely be there to listen. Mm -hmm. So just being just that, you know, that sounding board or, or, you know, the person that will absolutely tell you the truth, you know, like, yeah. so if I get a really bad haircut, <laughs> nobody else, is, nobody else in my house is going to tell me because they have learned not to tell me. <laughs> so they're not going to fall for that. Um, yeah. yeah. But I would expect you to say something. I would, you know, I would. <laughs> So that's my answer. All right. Um, and maybe now it's a good time to bring in Gina. What do you think? Let's share a little video about Gina first. Okay. So go for it, Jenny. Tell us a little bit more about Gina. Okay. So Gina Hanley Schmidt is a counselor and the author of Friending. She has extensive experience as a psychotherapist, a professor of psychology, a researcher, author, and speaker. Wow. Um, I'm feeling I'm feeling right now that maybe I haven't accomplished that much in life. It <laughs> um, sounds much more impressive than it actually is. <laughs> um, Gina has a lot to contribute to our conversation today about friendships, and we welcome her. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah, Gina, we're so excited to have you here. Um, so much has been going on in our lives the last year. I hit menopause um, and I talked very openly and frankly about it with my friend Jenny here because I had no idea what the heck was happening. Um, but one of the other things that, that's been happening to me as I've hit middle age is that it's harder to make friends and, and mm -hmm. find good friends and, and keep them as well. Um, I'm really curious to know why is it harder to make and keep friends mm -hmm. in midlife? Uh, that is such a great um, and nuanced and somewhat mysterious question. Um, I think it's one that we all are, are thinking about more. Um, I think in my own life, what I found is, is that as we get older, we're juggling more things. So some of us have jobs and families and volunteer activities and recreational activities, not to mention trying to get to a step aerobics class. You know, we have all these things that we're trying to juggle and figure out. 
And what I'm finding, at least personally, is, is that now I'm juggling all these things with a lot less energy. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> so as I'm getting older, I have, you know, increasing responsibilities with decreasing levels of, you know, kind of emotional energy. Um, and so I think that leaves us, you know, at the end of the day with, with just less emotional resources for investing in friendships, for prioritizing friendship. Um, and so that at least has been my experience is that as we get older, we're juggling more things with just yeah. less energy. Yeah, I, I know that I've opted out of happy hours so many times just wow. because I wanted to watch Netflix and get into my dramas. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, so we, we know we know that friends are important, but in in this particular phase of life, um, what what do friendships offer that other relationships really can't? So, what are we missing out on if you know if we don't have that support group? I think, especially during this you know stage of life, um, we can be experiencing a lot of changes. So, you know, we were talking about menopause, hitting on that. Um, some of us are in the pre-menopause stage, but our bodies are going through changes. Um, and, you know, we just know from, you know, research, both of our own, but, you know, also academic research, that there are a lot of changes physically that are happening around this time, emotionally that are happening around this time. Um, and so those gray hairs, those wrinkles, those mysterious back pains, like, those are not things that you want to experience alone. Like you want someone to be like, yes, God, me too. You know, <laughs> you want someone to, to validate your experience and say, you're not the only one, you know, I have to get touch-ups once a month too, right? You want someone to validate your experience. You want someone to empathize with, you know, the stage of life that you're in. And really you just want someone to support you and to be there and to cheerlead you through, Oh, what can be a season of life that has a lot of changes? Yeah. 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 I what remember. About, oh, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I was, I was going to ask, what about, um, I know I've seen research about uh, friendships and how they can impact uh, health, for example. Yeah. There is a lot of emerging research. So, you know, on more, maybe a universal scale, when we talk about friendship, um, sometimes we want to treat it as a luxury, but more and more emerging research is saying, no, this is actually pretty vital to not only your psychological and emotional well-being, but your physiological well-being. Mm -hmm. We know from research that friends help ward off depression and anxiety. Friends help us recover more quickly from illnesses. And so I think as a society, maybe specifically in this stage of life, like just really realizing how important friendships are to our well-being long-term. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think from a universal, a more universal standpoint, um, that's a reality that I'm really sitting with. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a big part of the message that I'm kind of putting out into the world is like, we need each other. Right. I think we've discovered that this last year, especially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, the last year, people I've been close friends with, I feel closer to now. And friends that weren't perhaps as close, like there's more of a, not I want to say gap, but it's like, I feel like I'll be rebuilding some friendships after this. 
Yeah. Um, and it leads me to a question I have about social media. Like are, are social media friends really our friends? Like I've made a lot of friends mm -hmm. on social media the last year through common Facebook groups, like art and sports and things like that. Like, I feel like I know them, but are they really my friend? Isn't that, I mean, that is the question of like <laughs> this moment in time. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's so much debate about that. So much debate about what, you know, social media friends um, can contribute to our lives. Um, research is really split on this. So mm -hmm. there are researchers that kind of confidently say, hey, if these are meaningful connections, they can enhance your life. And specifically, I think for established friendships, social media can kind of help deepen some of those connections. Okay. But we also know on the other side um, that social media is starting to uh, throw some warning flags in regards to how it's impacting the way that we interact with each other. And maybe the energy that we're investing in you know, more maybe shallow relationships, right? So we have all of these, you know, friends, but really when push comes to shove and we're, you know, finding ourselves in an emotional ditch, those people aren't the ones that are kind of showing up with a casserole and a bottle of wine, right? Yeah. It's those kind of established long-term friends that we go to for that kind of support. And so Basically, what I would say is, is that make sure that you have enough emotional resources left over after your social media friendship engagements to really make those deep, meaningful investments in your established friendships, the people that are showing up when life falls apart. Um, and so that's kind of that's kind of the way that I have come at social media is just making sure that we're being mindful about how we're allocating our time and energy. You mentioned in your book, you talk a little bit about boundaries and I'm curious to know, what do you, what do you, as one, as women enter midlife, um, tell me more about how boundaries can help us or maybe even hinder us. So I think healthy boundaries probably never hinder us, right? Healthy boundaries are, are really about saying, um, I respect you and I respect me. And as part of that respect contract, it's okay for me to say no. It's okay for me to need to take a break. It's okay for me to even call you out if I feel like you're doing something that is harming me, harming the friendship, harming someone else. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think sometimes people use the word boundaries to really engage in toxic uh, behaviors. And so yeah. sometimes I think that can kind of get misused. And so obviously it becomes problematic when we are stonewalling people, when we're hiding from people, when we're using boundaries um, in toxic ways. But healthy boundaries, I think, are kind of an essential part of having meaningful, like mutually satisfying relationships where both people are feeling heard and respected and safe. I right. love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. Um, so, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, why these relationships are so important and why we need them. How can, you know, the, the, the title of this, of this podcast is visible. So how can women be more visible to potential friends? Um, how can they cultivate these friendships and, and also 
you know, this might be too much for one question, but you know, be the friend that the other person needs. So that it's not just, you know, you give to one me. Way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little back and forth. Emotional vampire. Exactly. Yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah. That's not what we're looking for. No. Um, but it happens, but it happens a lot. I mean, I find, I find those imbalances are, are not unusual. Um, but to, I think to the question really, Finding and creating healthy friendships and maintaining them is a lot about being intentional. So it's a lot about what I said earlier, you know, prioritizing friendship. If we want healthy, deep, meaningful friendships, then first of all, we have to be a person capable of doing that brand of friendship. Um, but then we also have to be seeking out friends who have similar goals. There are lots of different brands of friendship out there. I mean, we all have friends that are our fun friends, you know, mm -hmm. like we know we could go out on the town with them. We're going to have a great time. We're going to laugh our asses off. It's going to be awesome. But <laughs> we know also that sometimes those friends are not the people that are going to kind of hold us and our story when we're going through a heartbreak, right? Mm -hmm. Those, those aren't the people that are showing up for that. So we value those people and they're really fun. And I want to go out on Saturday night with them. But I also know that I want friends in my life who I can ugly cry with, um, who will be there and not judge me and just show up. Um, and so, so, you know, maybe that I've gone, I've swerved a little off topic, but uh, no, I think to the question, I think really it's about um, prioritizing and being intentional. Mm -hmm. um, in my book, I talk about, you know, kind of those five A's of friendship, which I think really play into this, which is being available for friendship, you know, being authentic, you know, being our real selves um, mm -hmm. and letting people have access to that. I think being affirming, I mean, who doesn't want friends in their life that just like wildly cheerlead for them and tell them they're beautiful, you know, and like we need affirming people. Also, I think we have to be assertive. I know that can be a, a word that we kind of recoil from because it's misunderstood, but like being assertive is about like letting people know what we need and want mm -hmm. so that so that we're on the same page and so that resentment doesn't have a chance to kind of sneak in. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I think just being accepting, right? Just embracing our people and even saying, I disagree with you on that, but I love you. Mm -hmm. And I can make space for you to have an opinion that's different than mine, as long as it's not unjust, right? You know, so yeah, no, I, love that. But yeah. I can make space for you to chart your own course. And I can mm -hmm. love you through that, even if I don't understand it and don't choose it for my own life. I like that making space. That's, that's, that's a great term. It makes sense to me. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I think it's so important. And I see it so much in friendships we can get really rigid about wanting people who kind of think and look and act exactly the way that we do. And we really miss out. Mm -hmm. We really miss out on some really amazing experiences when we're so narrow-minded about the people that we make space for. Yeah. That yeah. is a great segue to my last question for you. Okay. Um, what kind of homework can you give our listeners to help them with their friendships? I love this question because anybody who's done therapy with me or been a student in one of my classes or read my book knows I am like the queen of homework because <laughs> I as a person like I want an action item like yes. this all sounds great. Now what the hell do I do with it? Right. So um, I 
I kind of think about this, I'm, I'm kind of going to break this down into uh, three quick sections because I think different people are at different places in their friendship journey. So I think my homework for people who have established friendships, um, who have that group or that person that's important is this week, make a date, right? Get it on both of your calendars, whether it's a whether it's a you know wine hour over Zoom where you just commit to laughing and sharing, whether it's going on a hike to your favorite place or whether you're out of space now where you feel comfortable having a backyard barbecue. Like this week, if you have those people, invite, issue an invitation and have time together and prioritize that in the coming week. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have those friendships, those people that you can make those dates with, then this is my homework for you. Sit down and make a list of things that you could be doing in the coming weeks and months to identify those people. Find a club, find an organization, maybe a book club, maybe a wine club, maybe a, a paint night, maybe a, I don't know. There's so many options out there. Um, but sometimes I think, you know, with our lives being busy, we don't kind of carve out the time to really seek out those opportunities. So if you're in that second group where you're looking for friends, sit down and make a plan, a concrete plan and do some research and figure out how to uh, you know, navigate that. I think there's a third group of people that I want to also issue a homework assignment to. And those are the people that are listening to this saying like, no. I've been hurt too many times. <laughs> I like, I don't want to put myself out there. That's a big no for me. Yeah. See ya. Um, is this a friendship talk? What am I doing here? Um, so the truth of the matter is, is that there are a lot of people who have been really wounded and really disappointed in friendships. Um, and they carry a lot of barriers to being able to be authentic and open and available. And so I think to that group of people, first of all, I would say, I think most of us have spent time in that trouble, in that, you know, in that struggle where we've been hurt and we've needed to heal. And so my homework for them is just to really sit down and start to get clear about what those barriers look like and what it would take to start to heal and move forward mm -hmm. so that they could re-engage in healthy friendships, which mm -hmm. I think we all really at our core need and want. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank yeah. you so much, Gina. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, thanks so much for joining us today, Gina. I think that you've given us all a lot to think about and some very good advice. So um, listeners, I'd love for you to, um, to, 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 to like the comments below, to, to share this, let people know that, you know, Gina's book is there to help. And um, I think everybody could use a little nudge, especially after the year that we've had. Definitely. And one last thing before you go, remember what Audrey Hepburn said. She said, the beauty of a woman is not in the clothes she wears, the figure she carries, or the way she combs her hair. The beauty of a woman is seen in her eyes because that is the doorway to the heart, the place where love resides. True beauty in a woman is reflected in her soul. Love it. So beautiful. Yes. All right, Tina, have a great, wonderful week. And we'll talk Thank to you all you. later. Thank you so much.